Hello and welcome to a live edition of Promo Insiders, the counselor podcast that covers the topics that matter most to the promotional products industry, from the latest news to interesting trends. I'm Teresa Hegel, Executive Editor for Digital Content, and today I'm joined by Brian Burr. Brian is the Chief Operations Officer at EB79.com. He has more than 26 years of experience in the cut and sew and screen printing industry. Thanks for joining us, Brian. Thank you for having me. So today we're going to be talking about masks, face masks. I mean, it's like a topic that, you know, you know, a few weeks ago nobody was talking about. Now everybody's talking about it. Um, can you tell me a little bit about you know, your background and how you've um, become educated on face masks and, and their use and whatnot? Like, what, how, do you, how did you get into this? Well, our company does a lot of cut and sew for the hunting industry. And we work with a very specific fabric called mm-hmm. antimicrobial fabric. And this fabric protects against agents such as viruses, bacteria, fungi. Um, And ultimately, it was for the protection of when you're out hunting and you're with your gear and it's wet and you shove it into your pack. Or if you're in an outdoor camping, you're putting it into your pack. It doesn't grow any type of uh, mold or mildew. And but it had a, a very unique aspect to it, which protected against the COVID-19 virus. So we decided to shut down our normal production and start up with face masks. So you said that it uh, protects against uh, COVID. Is that something that was tested? Like, how do you know that it has that that property? We work with a company. uh, We had worked with a company for a long time, uh, Cabela's, um, which was bought out by Bass Pro Shop. And we were producing a lot of cut and sew private label for this company. And it came with a laboratory test. So it was actually Cabela's who did the laboratory test showing the protective agents. And it wasn't until this whole scenario occurred that we somewhat put two and two together that this could be a real protection agent for people uh, looking to protect themselves and not just have a simple cotton single layer mask that really doesn't provide much protection. Okay. So, you know, for, for distributors and apparel decorators in this industry, why is it actually important for them to, to know about the different types of masks and, and their properties? Well, I think it's the same thing when a customer came in and they wanted to know the difference between a 50-50 t-shirt or 100% cotton t-shirt. It's our responsibility to make sure that we're educating our customer and giving them all the options. And they're the ones that are really asking us the questions. And so it's imperative that we understand what we're selling. Right, right. So what are you guys selling? What are the different types of masks that are they're out that are out there? What is um, what's out there? What's the benefits of each? What, what is I mean, everyone, you know, we all hear about the N95 masks, but obviously that's not what most people in, in our industry are selling. Well, the N95 masks, I think, have a very limited protection use. It, it protects against 95 percent of Uh, agents. And it's a one-time disposable use. And what's concerning about people utilizing the N95 mask as the go-to mask is it was never meant to be utilized the way it's being utilized today. Matter of fact, the federal government had to give a variance to the N95 mask manufacturers so they would not be sued by the general public and also by health professionals. Because when you use this product, which is meant to be a one-time use product multiple times, it builds up a bacteria inside with moisture. And so you really don't want to use this multiple times over a long period of time because the mask can actually make you sick because once you build up moisture in the mask, bacteria will grow. And from there, it can cause a serious health problem. And these ma- the N95 masks aren't really supposed to be being used by the general public anyway, right? That, that's supposed to be for like the healthcare 
professionals. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's really not meant to be used because you don't want to be disposing of these masks. It's meant for a health professional to go into a patient's room that maybe has COVID-19. Once they leave the room, that mask should be then thrown away. And so it's really not meant to be utilized by the general public, nor is it very uh, comfortable to utilize for a long period of time either. So then there's the, the cotton masks. That's a lot of people. I mean, we, we you see all the stories of like the seamstresses at home making their, you know, making masks for people. So what, you know, like what are all the different like, you know, fabric masks that are, that are being made? Well, it's, it's a, well, when we talk about a home use compared to an industrial use, it actually concerns me that people are utilizing a home use mask because these are people that don't really have an understanding about how to properly construct a mask and also the proper materials to use. The best product to really use is a tightly woven cotton that's a breathable uh, fabric. And a lot of, a lot of home workers really don't understand that. And, and they're not utilizing a mask that's going to fit properly on your face. There's a lot of holes around the, the mask when you put it on and doesn't really offer a true protection. No real more protection than putting a t-shirt over your face. Right. Which is not really going to help much. So, I mean, like it's the, the fit is very important. What, like, what is a good fit for a mask? I think for a good fit for a mask has to have several properties. Number one, it needs to have a, a piece of a wire over the nose so it can fit over the face properly. Without a proper um, uh, nose fit, you're going to have large holes uh, on either side of your nostrils. And, and that's, that's concerning because the whole point is to block out all the other air that's coming in. The other thing is, is that I've seen most of the masks, almost all of the masks, have rubber bands that go around your ears. And this is just not comfortable for any long period of time. Right. And so we've utilized two toggle pulls in the back of our uh, mask so you can cinch it tight and also underneath your chin to give a, a proper fit. So we have a nose piece with a wire that protects uh, there being any type of uh, open air being able to get in. And it also allows that to not fog up your glasses. I'm wearing glasses and many of us that are over 40 have a hard time uh, reading. It happened to me uh, quite quickly after I reached 40. And so when you wear these masks that are just these homemade masks with any without a type of a, a nose piece, you're gonna be fogging up your glasses uh, all day. It's gonna be quite uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and the point you made about the ears, that's why I think we are seeing so many products being made now, these ear savers that, you know, you know, take the elastic. But, you know, there's, like you said, you have masks that you don't even have to have that problem from the beginning because there's different ways to, to, to tie them. Um, so you, you, you had mentioned the antimicrobial. I think there's like other features that are out there, like carbon filtering and things like that. What are, what are some of these different features and what, what, are, what are important to have and what are not, not as important? Well, let's talk about carbon filtering. It sounds really sexy and it sounds like it's really going to do a great job. But let's let's get down to the to, to the brass tacks. And this carbon filtering is only a moisture wicking fabric uh, application. Mm -hmm. It does not offer any real protection against the virus. The only thing that's going to offer you real protection is going to be an antimicrobial product. And it, it concerns me about when we just say it's either antimicrobial or it's not antimicrobial, there, there are two really main differences between an antimicrobial product. One is sprayed on, which has a spray on application, which is most likely 99% of the products out in the marketplace have a spray on antimicrobial application. Our fabric 
is woven into the, the antimicrobial aspect is woven into the fabric, giving it well, what we used to call a lifetime uh, use. We don't say that anymore because this is a truly a life or death situation. But our fabric has been tested, laboratory tested, and it was tested for 40 hours of use, 20 washings, which would give you 800 hours of, of wear. Okay. And after it was tested with 20 washings, it was retested and the fabric degraded 0%. So it was as good as the day that it was opened out of the package. Okay. And so you're saying, you know, the difference with, with the um, antimicrobial stuff that's sprayed on that probably doesn't last as long? It's going to Correct. It's going to last either one or two washings or one or two rainstorms. Mostly mm -hmm. we're talking about washings here. And yeah. so we're really looking at it only lasting for one washing. So I think it's giving a true sol a false sense of security when somebody says uh, antimicrobial. What you really mm -hmm. want to ask on is, is how was that applied? Is this woven into the fabric or is it sprayed onto the fabric? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so, and, and we talked about this a little bit already, but you know, there's the, the homemade masks and the ones that are, you know, manufactured in, industrially. So is it really like people should really be looking for ones that are, are being manufactured? Is there any use to the, the homemade ones? Well, I think that that's the majority of the product that's out there right now. I think attitudes are changing. I think in the, the beginning, it was, I just need something. And now we're somewhat educating ourselves. I don't think it's any different than, than when you first get into the t-shirt business and you think, well, do I want a manual press or an automatic press? And you think, well, I just need something that, that does screen print. But you right. quickly realize that an automatic press is going to significantly increase your production and be better for your overall business. And I think there's a, a great analogy there with face masks. In the beginning, we just wanted something, whether it was a scarf or it was a t-shirt or a bandana. But I think we're starting to realize that that we're not going to be using this for a week or two weeks. I think we're really looking at this for a long term. Um, there are two real ends to this virus that, that I've heard a lot of experts say, and that's number one is going to be herd immunity. And number two will be a vaccine. And what I mean right. by herd immunity is what Sweden is practicing, where they are allowing all their public to just basically catch the virus and um, build up an immunity, somewhat similar to back in the 70s when they used to have chicken pox uh, parties, when people just said, well, we're going to get it, so let's have a party and let's everybody get it. Right, right. And the, and the vaccine could take a while to, um, I mean, I know a lot of people are working on it, but it still is not going to be like done in a, a second. From what I've heard, it's 12 to 18 months, uh, and 12 months would be the fastest it had ever been done in the past. And I have total confidence that we can do it because yeah. all the scientific community is, is uh, behind it. But I think that's the real end game for everyone. But what's really concerning is you're reading with the reports that the virus is starting to mutate a little bit here. Mm -hmm. And once it starts to mutate, it needs a different vaccine. And so I don't see this as a quick fix. It's not going to be in the next month or two. I think we're certainly going to be into spring of 2021 until we have any real chance to have this possibly be eradicated. Yeah. And so basically masks are going to be kind of the new normal and people are going to have to kind of get used to them. And, and like you said, educate themselves and learn about, you know, what is going to work best. Unfortunately, I mean, I, I certainly would like to go back to the days of no mask and yeah. visiting restaurants and movie theaters and, and friends' homes and parties, but that doesn't really look like that's going to happen anytime soon. I think we're into a new reality here, and I think that 
while states are starting to reopen here, I think we're going to have a little different uh, normal situation. I think people are going to be wearing masks, especially those who have compromised immune systems. Uh, my son has uh, epilepsy, and so we've been extremely careful about that. But but we're looking at people that have diabetes and any type of underlying health issue like uh, heart issues or any lung issues. And even though you might not have an issue, who in your family does, your your father or your mother or your grandparents or your uncles or, or anyone in your family, um, you have to be concerned about. Yeah, yeah, it's not just about you. Um, and for, for people that are just joining us, I, I see some questions. Uh, just uh, I'm speaking today with uh, Brian Burr. He is the Chief Operations Officer at uh, EB79.com, and he has been in the uh, cut and sew and screen printing industry for uh, over 26 years. Um, so what kind of questions should distributors and decorators you know, be asking their suppliers before they're purchasing masks? Well, I think it's the same questions that we ask them when they're coming in for a t-shirt or a hat or any other product. And, and my first question to all of my customers is, what is the intended use of the product? And once we know that, we can start making a pretty good decision. Um, is it for promotional use? We know it's going to be a real price point issue. Is it going to be for uh, full-time employees that are going to be wearing the mask for six to eight hours a day? So I think the first question is, what is the intended purpose of the product? Mm -hmm. Right. And so, and then, like you said, there are kind of like different ideas or different um, audiences for different types of masks. Um, so... What, I mean, are there other things, like what other things do they need to know? Like, I guess, um, you know, how long for delivery? Like, are, are there other like aspects that are important to kind of get out there from the beginning? I've, I've heard from many friends and colleagues that they go on and they place an order from a website and it doesn't show up and it doesn't show up. And then they get an email saying, well, it's going to show up in three weeks or four weeks. Now, that's not going to be any good for you. I mean, you don't need something that's going to be uh, delivered in two, three, four weeks. I think a, a question to once you find a supplier will be, do you have stock and what is your supply chain like? And, and mm -hmm. how quickly can I get the products? Right, right. Um, so, you know, as far as, you know, masks, they're going to be with us for a while. Um, what is what is the opportunity here, like for the promotional industry? It, it seems like brand and masks are definitely going to be, you know, a thing. It's, it's already happening. I think it's just going to get bigger, don't you? Absolutely. So we have started off, some of our first customers were prosecutors in courthouses, uh, trucking companies. Uh, we're supplying the United States Navy active duty personnel uh, building nuclear submarines. Now they had three directives in order to purchase, which I thought was kind of interesting. The number one was it needed to be antimicrobial. Number two, it needed to be washable. And number three actually really surprised me. And that the number third was it cannot be made in China. Mm. And I thought that was really interesting. And I think that all Americans don't have any issue with the Chinese people. But I think that we all have a concern about the authenticity of what the product truly is. I think we all know that all the Gucci and the Fendi bags that, that are fake on the streets of New York, we know where they come from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's definitely... Um you know, some different criteria that, you know, their criteria is probably what a lot of people are, are going to be looking for too, I would imagine. Absolutely. Um, okay. Um, so, you know, what are, what are some other things that you think is important to mention about masks? Is there something that, that we haven't discussed yet? I think 
the overall fit and comfort is critical. If it's not comfortable and it doesn't fit properly, it's going to be very difficult to wear that for hours at a time. Our factory first developed a product that was called a hunting breath mask. And that's where this first came from. When you're out, um, whether and we also uh, sold a lot of wildlife photographers because the the animals can smell your breath from miles away. So the wildlife photographers and the hunters um, really wanted to make sure that they weren't uh, scaring the animals away. And so our factory developed uh, this for Cabela's and to be utilized out in the wild so people can get closer to animals without being detected. And we really worked on uh, fit and comfort because the product was meant to be used for a six plus hour time period because you couldn't take the mask off uh, during your your time out or your mm -hmm. scent would, would be released right so that that same um technology is you know applicable today to the masks that everyone is going to be wearing i think absolutely i mean for for my son and for my family that i thought was really critical was the antimicrobial aspect was critical because the laboratory test that that we did shows that it kills the virus up to 99% and it also kills bacteria up to 99%. And so that's a great protection for your family. Now, that comes with a cost because there's there's a a very expensive fabric that needs to be utilized. Um, we're actually now uh, upgrading our fabric. Uh, DuPont has released a new fabric that uh, we're going to be utilizing that also has a, uh, a carbon uh, mm -hmm. filtering, which gives that moisture wicking system, which is really about comfort. Mm -hmm. And so some of the critical aspects, just to repeat them, would be a nose piece for the no, no fog and also good fit. I think any rubber band that goes around your ear as far as I'm concerned, is not going to be comfortable, or even a rubber band that goes around the back of your head. I don't want to put a rubber band in my hair because we know it's going to twist and be uncomfortable, right? Right. And I think the third part is it needs to fit under your chin. And I think that the two toggle pulls in the back will give the most comfort. And um, on the inside, we want something that's going to have somewhat of a silk uh, touch and feel because it's mm. going to be a, a, against your face for a very long time. I've been wearing my mask on the production floor uh, for six to eight hours a day. When I come into my office, I close my door and I take my mask off. But once I leave my office, I put the mask on. So I have it on and off that I can just pull it down around my, my uh, neck and then pull back mm. up with the toggle pulls are quite comfortable for me. Yeah. So there's some people that are on here. They're asking um, whether you guys are selling your, your masks in the, to the promo industry. And we where are. people Okay. And, and is are. it eb79.com? Is that where they would find it? C correct. And so what you'll want to do is you'll want to email a customer service from there and then uh, ask to be set up as a distributor. We verify that you are a decorator. And once you're a decorator, we will give you uh, two abilities to sell the product. Number one, you can bring the product in. Uh, we we give a 25% discount so uh, off the product to give you the ability to customize. Uh, local screen printers here are selling the product. So you purchase it for uh, 15 and many pr uh, customers are selling it for 25 to 30 with logo depending on the volume. Uh, and then if you want to sell it blank and do Facebook posts, Instagram posts, we can give you a code 
that will give the customer a $5 off coupon on the site. And then that code gives you uh, somewhat of a rep code. And then we give you a commission at the end of the month of a $5 mass commission uh, per piece. Okay. Uh, do you guys do any of the imprinting yourself for people that are not um, imprinters or do they have, or is it only for, do the decorators have to handle that themselves? It's a great question. One thing that's always bothered me are suppliers that try to pilfer the, uh, the decorators business. Uh, we are in the production and cut and sew facility. By the way, our facility is in Mexico. It's three hours South of El Paso. We are a, uh, a bonded warehouse, which means we are NAFTA compliant. We can move the product throughout North America, Mexico, United States, and Canada, sales tax and duty free. Uh, and we are trucking product in and drop shipping out of Texas and California. Okay. Um, so I guess that the answer was then, no, you guys are not imprinting you that's for the decorators to do. That is for the decorators. We are a manufacturer and, and we think right. it's really important not to cross that line. Got it. Um, so I know that uh, obviously these are your, the masks can be imprinted. What are, what kind, is it just screen printing or what, how can they be decorated? So we're, we're seeing it being decorated two ways. We're seeing it being decorated on, um, on manual and uh, automatic presses with a single uh, color. Uh, and the reason for that is, is that it's a two layer mask. And as we all know, when we're screen printing something like a jacket with a mesh lining, we always want to try to use a one color imprint. Not that you can't, if you're, if you have the skill set to do it, people are, but then we're also seeing people uh, screen printing transfer paper and then heat pressing with a hot tronics type of a, a machine onto the face mask. Okay. Um, and I think there we have some photos that you had provided. I don't know if Kyle, who is in the background, can, oh, here we go. So that's, can you describe this? So this mask is just an unimprinted version? So this is a, this is a blank product. This is a, a licensed Realtree, which is a licensed uh, camouflage. It happens to be uh, Realtree Edge. It's reversible. So the other side is full uh, Realtree um fabric and it gives a very nice imprint in the center we're looking at about three three and a half inches square okay and someone's asking whether they can be dye sublimated well, I don't know if poly polyester right? so if we're talking about sublimation typically sublimation is an all-over print that needs to be done prior to production if you're going to get that full uh, dye sublimation look so uh, we've just seen uh, screen print and heat press utilize here we see the picture of the full uh, real tree uh, fabric um, that's mm -hmm. the other side of the reverse reversibility i'm sure there are experts out there i am not an expert in the uh, dye sublimation uh, but i'm sure there's experts out there that maybe can weigh in and give us an idea of what they can and cannot do but i i, I know that it cannot give you a full uh, dye sublimation all the way to the edges i don't believe because it's already because it's already constructed. It's but already is it, constructed. What is the what's the fabric made out of? Is is it a cotton or is it a polyester or it's like a, synthetic? It's a tightly woven cotton. Okay, on so the, probably the, yeah. So on one side is a tightly woven cotton, and on the other side is the licensed antimicrobial fabric. 
And is that a synthetic? Because that's because if it's synthetic, it probably could be dye sublimated. At least maybe not like all, all over, but it could definitely be dye sublimated because we you're you're actually looking at dye sublimation on that fabric right now. Oh, okay. okay. So that that is the dye. So that's how. So we take a a PFD gray good and then dye sublimate the full fabric. But that's done uh, in our our uh, fabric uh, factory that is dye sublimating, not here uh, domestically. Okay. Okay. But if they had one that was an unimprinted one, they could maybe do the dye sublimation on the one side of it, not on both sides. Oh, de uh, definitely. Definitely. Okay. Got it. Got it. Um, all right. So, and what is, uh, is this one with a, a logo on it? So this is one of our local screen printers uh, that I asked for some pictures uh, for. And that really gives you an idea. So we're seeing a ton of restaurants right now and mm -hmm. they want to logo their product. And this is one way to, to do it. So it, it takes a little bit of the scariness away from it. I think when you put a logo on it, um, it's not so, so uh, plain. And, and I think yeah. it takes yeah. away that scariness a little bit by, by decorating it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny because I think we were talking before, before we start, went live just about how, you know, back, you know, say six, six weeks ago or, or whenever, you know, if you saw someone with a mask on, it was almost like, Ooh, you know, what, what's up with this person? That's kind of, you know, they're kind of weird. Um, but now it's, if you don't see someone with a mask, that's kind of the, the weird thing. Absolutely. Like I was discussing with you further, I have a friend that mm -hmm. travels over to uh, China quite a bit in Macau. And he always used to mention how all, not all, but many of the people over there, it's a common place to wear a face mask but it is not that way in the united states but i think it now has become uh very common and it's almost strange to see someone that is not wearing a mask today and and concerning at least that's the way that i feel when i go into a store or i go somewhere i can't go into the bank without a mask i can't go into the the gas station without a mask um it's become mandatory yeah well i mean i think another thing that has been changing is just the perception of, you know, whether a mask with a logo was was an okay thing to do. Because I think in the beginning, people saw that as a little, it's a little bit crass, a little bit like, oh, you're taking advantage of the situation. But as this is becoming, you know, commonplace and, and the norm, I think that the the discomfort or the distaste level with with a mask with a logo on it is disappearing because it's not, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not like a, a weird thing anymore. So it's not like you're taking advantage. This is just part of what people need to do. It's become a necessity. I've I, I've never had so many rubber gloves uh, in my car before. You know, when I go to the gas station or, or yeah. the antiseptic wipes are, are becoming commonplace, which I, I don't think I've ever bought an antiseptic wipe before. But when I go to the gas station, I'm wiping down the gas pump and, and being very careful about that. I think that this gives an, a very unique ability for the promotional products industry because when a customer would come to me and say i'm looking for a product that i want to be able to give away right. one of the things that i would always say to them is let's give their customer something that is going to be utilized not something that's going to be thrown away I i've always thought it was funny how many customers come in from for promotional products and the first thing they always talk about is price Right. And I try to switch the subject around to, well, if we did less and you gave away something that somebody would really use and want, isn't mm -hmm. that a better promotional product? Because the whole point is to promote your company. Right. And if, if someone's taking it and throwing it in the trash, 
it doesn't promote you at all. Yeah. But this is a unique ability to give somebody a product that they need, they want, and if done properly, they'll wear it. And mm -hmm. I, I, I always believe in understating it. I don't, for a restaurant, sure, you want a nice big logo on the front. Mm -hmm. But I think if for, for promotional use, you want to do something that's a little bit more subtle, so it's mm -hmm. not uh, so large, but that they're going to want and use. And, and, and if you can get a customer to use something over a long period of time, it is a home run for a promotional product. Oh, definitely, definitely. And I mean, it's hard to you know deny the fact that this is a mask that's going on your face. That's what people are looking at. You know what I mean? That's it's you don't get better like real estate than that. Not to be kind of you know crass about it, but it's it's right there. So people, something people want anyway, something people need, and it's like the perfect spot to have a logo. And one of the things we've done is we've just reached out to some of our largest customers and sent them gifts, and um, it's a good faith. We, they've we've been in business for forty two years. Uh, my mother started the company. It's a 100% woman-owned business. And I've worked with my mom now for 26 years. And that's something that I think is really important that people understand that this is something that is not going away. It's going to be here for a very long time. And it is absolutely now, I think, as commonplace as a T-shirt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, basically. I, I think you're right. Um, well, I think that's all the, the questions that I have for you right now. Um, is there anything else that you want to add before we uh, close out this live session? I do see some of the questions and people are asking, uh, what's the next step uh, and how to register? And so as soon as you send an email to uh, uh, on the website, we will contact you and we will have a personal conversation with you and walk you through how to. And uh, we've seen that um, we're a very customer service oriented company. We answer our phones 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and we'll be a good partner that we can work together with. Okay. And I guess just to, to sum up, you know, you know, masks, this is kind of going to be the new reality for us. So it makes sense to educate yourself, to know what is actually going to work and, um, you know, get that information to your, to your customers. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think we all have to think back to when we first started, right? When we first started, we were working nights and weekends and we were putting in crazy hours and we have to make a decision. Are we going to wave the white flag and give up or are we going to fight and we're going to save our business? And this is one of those products that is needed and wanted and that we can help generate sales. Okay. Well, Brian, thank you so much for uh, being here today and talking with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the time.